This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. favorite murder mini-sode hometown mini-sode it's a mini-sode guys so don't get involved keep it light yeah and get ready to move on quickly don't if you're on like a quick treadmill run or you have like a quick commute or someone's telling you a boring story you can just you just throw in an earbud yep and just real quick listen to some murder stories okay these are ones that you guys have sent in to my favorite murder at gmail that i'm gonna read to karen awesome yeah i haven't read these okay so these will be a fun surprise. Yeah. Let's see here. This one is called... Da, 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 da. I can't read you the name of the thing, but... All right. Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and various animals. I just finished listening to Minisode 83, where you ask for secret life reveals, and my friends have been begging me to send this story in, so here we go. Back in the 70s, my parents were in a bowling league. Over the years, you get to know other people in the league, and you all become friends, acquaintances, whatever. One of uh, their friends always invited my dad to come over for taco parties, but he never went. <laughs> was, well, I don't know why, but all the... It's like, mm-mm, suspicious. Taco parties. Taco mm-mm. parties, no. Mm-mm. Fast forward a bit, and one night, my dad and his friend Sam are at the alley when their friend walks in, acting very animated. He shakes my dad dad's hand and puts an arm around Sam and says to them something along the lines of, Hey guys, I don't think I can stay very long because the FBI is following me. They pretty much blew him off thinking he was crazy. The next day comes, and both of my parents were at the local grocery store they worked at. They were 18 and 19 years old. Mm. And who walks in that morning but Sam holding a newspaper? My mom said that he looked like he saw a ghost. What's the front page story that day? Their bowling league friend from the night before had been arrested for multiple murders. (gasps) Oh, and who was that guy from the bowling league? None other than the killer clown himself, fucking John John Wayne Gacy. Gacy. All caps, fucking John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Oh, shit. Sam went on uh, to be his defense attorney. Oh, whoa. And Sam and my dad are still friends to this day. He wrote a book about it a few years ago and signed a copy for my dad. I remember hearing the story from a young age, but I never really thought much of it until I was a teenager and realized who John Wayne Gacy was. Uh, Doesn't everyone's parents bowl with notorious serial killers? No, just mine? Okay. (laughs) Anyways, that's all I got for now. Stay sexy and don't join boiling leagues with killer clowns, Alyssa. P.S. My dad would like to note that it was... uh, De Plains PD following Gacy and not the FBI. <laughs> Lol, crazy clown. <laughs> wow. Uh, 
That just makes me think of in the, I think it was the made-for-TV movie, or could have been the real movie, Brian Dennehy is playing John Wayne Gacy, and it, when it gets to that part where he's just like, he's like drunk in, during the day and driving around and just like trying to avoid the police. Oh my God. Like it just made me pick, in my in the movie in my mind, it was Brian Dennehy walking into that bowling alley and yeah. like, hey guys, you the FBI is following me. at the bowling alley. What if they had gone to his taco party and like been in the house? And, and then he's like, who likes magic tricks? Down to the basement, everybody. Oof. Oh, Jesus, John. So insane. Okay. This says, the subject line is, Elmer Wayne Henley confessed on my granddad's car phone. Wait. <laughs> yes. Shut up. <laughs> Holy shit. We just did. We just did fucking Dean Corral. Yeah. Coral. Dean Coral. Coral. Right. And I, oh my God. Yeah. Mama. I killed Dean. <laughs> Ready? Oh my God, yes. Okay. Hey, Karen of Georgia. My family is from a neighborhood just outside of the Heights in Houston, yes. Garden Oaks. So I was especially disturbed by this week's story, which is your story he's yeah. talking about. At the time, uh, at the time when the abductions were happening, my dad would have been the same age as a lot of the young boys who were killed. My granddad, Jack Cato, was also a crime reporter for (gasps) Channel 2. In case you don't know what we're talking about, this is the, this is the serial killer Dean Coral, aka the Candyman. Um, we did it a couple episodes back. And he is horrifying. A monster. He killed 30 something boys. 29. Some boys, like teenage and younger boys. Horrifying. Yeah. Okay. So the granddad, Jack Cato, is a crime reporter for mm-hmm. Channel 2, the local station in the 70s. So he says, so I couldn't help but wonder if he had covered those murders and how awful that must have been. Then y'all got to the confession part and I jumped off the couch, freaking the crap out of my dog. I have heard this story a million <gasps> times. That's because when Elmer Wayne Henley confessed to his mom, Mama, I killed Dean. Oh my God. He was using my granddad's car phone. Hold, it's, it's in a video you can watch. It, really? Yeah, on YouTube, there's a video of him doing that. Oh, it's so good. Okay. My granddad died in 2006 when I was a senior in high school. This was such a big moment in his reporting career. They included it in his obituaries over 30 years later. Hell yeah, they did. He was on the scene. Um, According to this one, my granddad handed Henley the car phone, knowing that he would be able to hear the whole conversation. Then he grabbed the camera, started filming, and cut the infamous confession on tape. (gasps) If it's not too weird to say, it warmed my heart to be reminded of another part of my granddad's amazing life on one of my favorite podcasts, even if it was about a truly gruesome murder story from my hometown. Uh, From one anxious, depressed person who loves her therapist to another. (laughs) (laughs) All around. Hello. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. XOXO Genevieve. Oh my God. That's awesome. I, for some reason at the beginning, assumed this was from a guy and yeah. said he at the beginning, but, um, that Mama, is so epic. I killed Dean. Mama. <laughs> and they have the other, they have her side of the conversation on, and that must be why, that must be how he got it. He had way. it all hooked up. Yeah. That is so what legendary. Happened? She's crying. He's crying. Oh. Jesus Christ. Wow. Thank you, Genevieve. Yeah. Well, I, I have a Dean Coral story, too. Do you really? This says, this been could have met the candy man. Ooh. Hello, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and esteemed associates. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, that's you. That's my favorite one so Elvis, far. Elvis, go get your briefcase. <laughs> esteemed associates. 
<laughs> love the show. Love you guys. Can't wait to see you in Dallas in November. In 1973, when I was 12 years old, my mother and I lived in an apartment complex in the North Houston neighborhood of Spring Branch. My best friend Craig, also 12, and his older brother Robert, 14, lived the next complex over. We were all latchkey kids, so we usually spent the two and a half hours between school and dinner doing pretty much anything but homework. The complex had a large courtyard that faced the street, and we hung out there a lot, farting around the way boys do at that age. <laughs> Yep. Teenagers. Salami and cheese. Salami and cheese sandwiches on white bread with mustard. (laughs) Right? That's boys in the 70s. (laughs) That's it. One afternoon, not long before the last day of school, we were throwing a football around when a guy pulled up in a van. He got out and walked over to where we were playing, looking up at the second floor apartments like he was trying to find his way around. He was older than us, probably 17 or so, and we didn't pay any attention to him until he walked up and started talking to us. He was really nice, tallish and thin with long brown... Wait, with long blonde hair and wire rimmed glasses. Mm -hmm. Just said hi and started shooting the shit, talking about football. Robert, my friend's brother, brother, spoke with him the most, probably because he was older. The blonde guy invited Robert to a party, telling him there would be lots of girls there and that there'd be plenty of beer and food, even some weed if he wanted. Robert basically said, no thanks. Both he and Craig were from a pretty religious family. And then the guy turned to me. What about you? He said, come on, it'll be fun. I remember feeling that weird tingle in my stomach. I'll never forget it. I have felt it a few times since, but this was the first time. Something was off. I was always a shy kid, so I looked at the ground and said something about how my mom wouldn't let me and I'd get in trouble if I did, which was absolutely true. Besides, (laughs) I was 12 years old. I didn't even really like girls that much, and yet I damn sure wasn't interested in beer and pot. Um, He didn't seem mad or irritated. He just said something along the lines of, that's too bad, man. Catch you next time. And he got in his van and drove off. And that was it until a few months later when I saw his picture on TV. I recognized him right away. His name was David Brooks. He and Elmer Wayne Henley uh. assisted serial killer Dean Coral for years by procuring boys for Coral for, um, to rape, torture, and murder, then bury in a boat shed and benches. I remember during my teen years really resenting my mom's strictness, but then I would remember that it was likely very the very strictness that kept me off the torture board attended to by the candy man, and I'll cut her some slack. Thanks for listening. Stay sexy and never, ever, ever get in the van. Yours, Glenn. Oh, my God. Dude. It's so creepy. Yeah. Like, but you could just do that back then. Yes. It, it It's like wandering hippies starting up conversations was totally dilberger. Yeah. No one even thought about it. Like, that they would want to talk to young kids would make sense. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Thank God those boys were like that's together and smart. Then religious like that alone, I feel like saved them from doing anything because they knew Satan was in their presence. <laughs> they could feel him. Yeah, they could feel Satan. Amen. Um, <laughs> Mama, <laughs> Mama, Mama, Mama killed Dean. All right, this one's called Vicarious Encounters with Infamous Men. Mm. Mm. Okay. Hey, MFM crew. All right. What up? I've been a fan from the very beginning. Earlier this week, I was having a couple beers with my dad. We have a strange relationship. You ready for this? Yeah. We have a strange relationship since he spent 17 years in prison in New York State for killing my mom when I was three and a half. Whoa. (laughs) When I read that, I was like, great job, Stephen. Wow. (laughs) Great job picking this one. I know. Okay. She says, I know, I know. How can I still see or talk to him, right? I'll just say it's complicated. Not no, right. Shit. We don't, I mean, yeah. I'm it's not, your father. Yeah, I get it. 
There's lots of there's lots of things. And understandable that alcohol's involved when you guys hang out. My my mom didn't even kill anyone and I have to fucking drink around her when I'm with her. Look, I mean, you only have two parents. I mean, the enormity of that. Yes. It's ju- it's just like no one will ever understand that unless they've gone through it. Yeah. And who knows what the dad said? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, who knows who knows. Yeah. Anyway, for the she says anyway, I'm not saying it to you. Anyway, Karen. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, for the first time this week, I really got some details about what prison was like. He apparently only ever spent a month in, quote, the box or solitary confinement because he refused to snitch on a guy who started a fight with him. He said having a reputation as a snitch stays with you the whole time you're inside. The only thing worse is being a convicted child molester. He was in Attica for a while, and he said that he used to play pinochle with David Berkowitz. (laughs) guy who was son of sam i mean i hope this isn't a lie but if it is it's great writing it because doesn't pinochle like is the funniest card game that you could name and you're playing it with son of sam with son of sam fuck great just great contrast i love it okay. while he was there he and a guard would make each other laugh by walking by mark david chapman's cell and singing john lennon's songs no what the fuck <laughs> holy shit fuck all in all, a pretty fucked up situation, but it ca- has occasionally yielded some interesting stories. I love you both, and I hope that next time you're in Philadelphia, we can hang out and be BFF. I'll make you cookies. In the meantime, stay sexy and don't get murdered. I'll do the same. Smooches to you and Steven and the animal crew. XOXO, Steph. 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 That's, I mean, that's fascinating. Fuck, what an interesting person, her. I mean, her. All of it. Yeah. Also, just that... The experience of a person, you know how like the inside prison experiment, all those shows, it's also, I'm, cause I'm sure it's hellish and terrible, like the mm-hmm. night of or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all just like this huge panic, but like kind of ana- anecdotal mm-hmm. stories about being inside prison is, is a very fascinating yeah. way to get that information. Cause they imagine, you'd imagine the like day to day stuff is like, it's pretty boring. Right. It becomes like, you know, you're 12 years into a life sentence and you're like, this is what I do now. And yeah. I, well, yeah, there's been a couple of fights and I've had to go and there's this and that, but there's probably not much going on. Until someone jumps you in the laundry room. Yeah. With a shank. Is that what they use? Maybe they shank you. Maybe they garrot you. Maybe you learn to make prison wine. <laughs> maybe you, you are able to order through the guy that gets stuff like a catalog. Yeah. You can get yourself some mushrooms. Top ramen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> some mushrooms for your top ramen. Can you imagine doing drugs and mushrooms in a fucking prison? I think you'd go out of your goddamn mind. But I think it's just. Yeah. To get just to pass the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, mushrooms would be bad, though, because you'd be like, I keep seeing skulls everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Why do I always remember lyrics to songs, Karen, that I haven't heard for years, but I always forget my email passwords? I know, right? It's like our brains only want us to retain useless information, but with 1Password, that problem's solved. 1Password is an award-winning password manager that's trusted by families and large-scale companies alike. If you're tired of being the person that everyone texts for a streaming login, hand that honor to 1Password. They let you share logins with people and with groups. With 1Password, you can securely switch 
switch between any device type or operating system. That means if you're a family or business that uses both Mac and PC, you won't have trouble sharing your private data. Don't let the name fool you. 1Password does more than just store passwords. It can autofill usernames, payment details, and personal information. And they notify you about potential data breaches. For business operations, 1Password has a dedicated support team that will integrate its security tools into your existing workflow. 1Password saves everyone time. And we all know that time saved equals money saved. Your accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. 1Password was named Wirecutter's best password manager. And companies like Salesforce and IBM trust 1Password to secure their most sensitive information. So you can too. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial trial at onepassword.com slash MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash MFM. Onepassword.com slash MFM. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. So this is Deb L. 
And she says, my hometown murder is me, or rather would have been me if not for, well, let me explain. Oh. My profile picture is me in kindergarten in 1967 in Norwalk, California. I was a child on the spectrum before there was a spectrum to be on. Back then I was just weird Debbie and mostly I was a loner in a crowd of people. And this is still true, FYI. One day I headed to a good friend's house across the alley. We lived in an area there was a lot of apartment buildings and a few single family homes. To get to my friend's apartment, we had to go through the carport. As I approached mm-hmm. the, I know, right? Mm-hmm. As I approached the area, I saw a man with long surfer hair sitting in his car. I had to pass by this car, but something about him made me wary. As I got closer, he opened up his passenger passenger door from the inside and gestured for me to get in. I know. As I looked into the car, I could see he wasn't wearing pants, uh, and his <laughs> uh, stick shift was present and alert. Uh, she doesn't mean the car. No, she does not. Jesus. I ran back to my house while he was screaming for me to come back. Um, and then I told my mom what I saw. Let's just say my mom was not a kind woman and I was slapped for describing a man's penis oh. and was told to never talk about that again. And she blamed me. Hey, 1967. Yeah, this was back before uh, people understood how humanity worked. Right. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then moving ahead three more days, I was again walking to meet a friend on the other side of the same apartment building. I mean, her mom was just like, get out of here. Her mom's like, hmm, my young child just described a naked man in a car. Screaming at her. Go back outside. Bye. That was her. That's her answer. Uh, I avoided the carport. And as I made it around the corner, I passed a car parked on the road. I didn't see the driver. As I got near the door of the car, he suddenly sat up, opened the door and grabbed my arm and started pulling me into the car. Fuck. I screamed, kicked, bit, hit, scratched and clawed my way away from him. Yes. Good girl. A woman walking on the street heard the commotion and came running. That's and right. He drove, and he drove off. What if it was like, and then she slapped me across the face. <laughs> <laughs> Another mean mom came from across the street <laughs> to hit me in the uh, face. Anyways, I'm in a psycho ward now because <laughs> people are the worst. Uh, I didn't tell my mom about the second one because, well, you know. And being four, I couldn't be sexy except to a fucking pervert. Wait, wait. Yeah. Four years old? Yeah. Wait, she said six originally wait um nope she was four fuck (laughs) what can you imagine a four-year-old walking around the street we know like uh, even a four-year-old out of a car seat these days makes people nervous much less just fucking oh bye mom i'm gonna go take the alley to my friend's house i'll be back later when i feel like it yeah i might go bowling i'm four (laughs) i gotta live my life um Two, two years later, he would grab an eight-year-old off the street and take her to his Hollywood apartment, and here's where it gets familiar, where he raped and beat her badly, and then he'd we, we'd, and then would begin his rapey murdery spree until he was finally caught. The man, Rodney Alcala. Alcala. Oh, yes. Rodney Alcala. I know it's difficult to believe, being that I was four at the time, that I'd remember this. However, it wasn't until the late 90s when I saw a headline with his picture and I screamed because staring out at me from the computer screen was that face from 34 years ago that I finally had a name to put with the face. I hadn't even read the article to know what he'd done, but I knew he was the guy who tried to grab me twice. Also, ever since this moment, I'm hype. My hypervigilance is always on high alert. People think it's funny to come up behind me and startle me. It wasn't. Who? So what? that's how you earn the right to grow up and stay sexy, not getting murdered. Way to go, Deb. Hell yeah. Jesus. Rodney Alcada, if I'm pronouncing Alcala. it correctly. Alcala. 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 He's the one that was on the dating game. Yeah. 
That is the, that's one of my favorite. When that one comes on of all those crime shows, Mm -hmm. I always have to watch that one because first of all, he's such a creep. Yeah. Overtly. And he was also the photographer, right? Yeah. So he'd go to these like open call, like photo shoots at the beach with like women in bikinis who were like, I want to be a model. And the photographer be like, I'm a photographer because I have a camera. Yeah. Come back to my place and I'll take some photos of you. Sounds great. Let me grab my four-year-old child. (laughs) God. I wonder how many like how many murders are can be attributed to him that were never haven't been right i mean if he's doing shit like that and i know he went from like california to florida and i mean oh monster he's he needs to get we need to go in depth on that guy let's do it um right now let's do right now uh give me yours okay i'm not gonna say the okay subject line guys You wouldn't believe what stories you get from your family members after years of thinking they don't have any cool murder-esque stories. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently in training to be a truck driver. You guys keep me sane when I'm driving. My trainer is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And on my off weekends, I've been going to my godfather's house and hanging out with him. We start talking about how there's been so many things about Bundy on TV, and somehow I managed to bring up John Wayne Gacy. Well, my godfather very nonchalantly goes, oh yeah, a couple of my buddies stole his toilet before they demolished the house what? <laughs> toilet. of course i made him tell me everything and apparently they were in the area of his house and they thought it'd be fun to go up there to go up there before it was completely dismantled so fun because you know they raised that thing to the ground yeah yeah um when they got there they see that gacy's toilet was sitting out on the front lawn <laughs> so like any 20 something year old guys sure enough they load it up Ew. and they take it home <laughs> Ew, no. <laughs> and years later, guess what? The guy still has John Wayne Gacy's toilet just sitting in his garage and tells everyone. Holy shit. Stay sexy and steal toilets, Mason. Amazing. <laughs> Ama- I bet he could sell that fucker. Oh, I, w- I bet there are p- collectors that would pay five grand, ten grand for that thing. Let's go steal it. Let's steal the stolen toilet. This is just like Nicolas Cage. This is the next plot of the Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> toilet. Toilet stealers. Speeds. National toilet stealers of America. Amen. Amen. This is called a serial killer eyewitness was my elementary art teacher. What? Okay. Hello, Karen, Georgia, Steven, and animal friends. That's right. I don't mind that. Uh, I love your podcast, and I have to thank my twin sister, Lisa, for getting me hooked. Lisa. Lisa. We're from a small town in northwest Indiana with a population of just over 2,000. It was a pretty quiet place to grow up. My grandma was the one who got us interested in true crime from a young age. I can remember my grandma listening to her police scanner. Yes. And watching Court TV like it was her job. Love you, grandma. Uh, grandma also liked to take us to cemeteries for fun. Fuck. I yes. love her. We attended the local elementary school where one of my favorite classes was art with our teacher, Nita uh, Paradis. She was an excellent teacher who made her students feel special and talented. Miss mm. Paradis was our art teacher from kindergarten through fifth grade. When we came back for sixth grade in 1990, Miss Paradis had left her position and moved away, leaving a very inadequate replacement. We had an older sister, Laura, who was freshman at the time. So, of course, we got all of our completely age-inappropriate information from her. Yes, older sister, Laura. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> next school year, we found out that Laura, from Laura, that Miss Paradis was actually Nita Neary. <gasps> what? An eyewitness in the Ted Bundy trial. Oh, fuck. That's her. She escaped. That's right. E- 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 in we, Colorado? In, no, it's the Chi Omega. 
Oh, in Florida? Yeah. Oh, well, fuck. I bet she'll tell us. Let's okay. Uh, we, I like that you called it Chai Omega. What is it? <laughs> Kai. Kai! But it's Chai Tea. I didn't go to college. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Can I tell you the truth right now? I didn't know what a fucking RA was until you told me, until you started reading <laughs> that thing. I was like, oh, she worked as an RA in the, in the hospital? Cool. <laughs> oh, uh, like a highway patrolman? Got yeah. it. Got it. I didn't resident assistant listen Santa yeah no I get it now look and listen about Santa Monica City College that's what's up (laughs) um boop 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 okay so this is really exciting because I'm reading uh a stranger beside me or the stranger beside me by Anne Rule right now and so this is a fucking okay anyways (laughs) Nita was an art major and a member of the Kai. Kai Omega. Stupid. <laughs> sorority at Florida State University. She returned to the sorority house after a date, entering the house through the back door. <sighs> Nita heard, a, heard footsteps coming down the stairs. She remained silent and hidden in the shadows and became an eyewitness to Ted Bundy leaving the house. Right. She helped a police sketch artist come up with a, a rendering of Bundy and later identified him in a photo lineup and in court. Of course, we later heard rumors that she was in our small town as part of the witness protection program. Oh, we still aren't sure if that was if there's any truth to that. But either way, our small town was probably a nice place to lie low for a while. Anyway, just wanted to share our little town's connection to a notorious serial killer. Thank you for creating a place for true crime lovers to gather without judgment. Please keep doing what you're doing. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Carla. Carla. How co- What a bummer to find out after she's gone. But it totally was witness protection, don't you think? Like head out and because... But she, if she's already a teacher, then that means she got her degree. Oh, so she th- this was he was kind of like was behind her. Basically. He was kind of like a, within the year, I think, of that. So this was the past was behind her. He was already in, in jail. In jail. So Ugh. maybe she was just like, get me the fuck out of my existence right now. But also, like, she really was the final blow to stopping this monster who killed so many women yeah including two of her fucking sorority sisters at chi omega upstairs that night where he walked in and walked out like within like 15 minutes yes it was frenzied don't read the stranger beside me i am having nightmares i had a fucking i had a job interview with ted bundy the other night oh no i had a job interview to be his assistant no at his fucking mansion in beverly hills i put my feet in his jacuzzi because i was early montessori jacuzzi (laughs) (laughs) the specialty kind so something i would truly do (laughs) and then at a job interview with ted bundy it's so symbolic of how show business kills people what jacuzzi eats you up oh Ooh, karen yes deep. i'll go deep or i'm just reading a strange the stranger beside me the most disturbing book about a person who is the most disturbing person the, but but ann rule had rules she she rules but she also had every tool in the book to to look at him and go, something's not right. And she didn't sense it. I know. Even when... It's so scary. Elvis! He hit his head. Oh, yeah. His eyes weren't crossed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and he spoke French. <laughs> what if he spoke cat, but in French? Oh, meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 I want a cookie. Are you a cookie? Are you a cookie boy? 
Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. No, he doesn't. We can cut any of that and all of that. <laughs> well, fuck. Yeah, that was amazing. That was great, Carla. Also, one of the last Carlas, I'm sure. There are very few Carlas on the planet anymore. That's true. They're going extinct. Great name. Please send us all your fucking. Just send us your weird shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, send us your weird stories that no one, you don't think anyone wants to hear. Yeah, we want to hear it. We do, and the people who are listening do. But that's it. Yes. So it's and Stephen and Stephen send them to my favorite murder at Gmail. Tell I, tell Stephen. Tell Stephen what he needs to know in the subject line. Mm-hmm. Get don't, your shit read. Don't use the word for babies. I mean, or do it for attention, but just right. know that that's really old and no one even enjoys the irony of that anymore. Do it aggressively if you're going to do it at all. Yeah. Start a start a hashtag against us. Why are you mad at us? Using <laughs> all we've been doing. It's just that thing of trying to is do you want negative attention? Do you want positive right. attention? What if the positive attention doesn't work? Then you might as well go negative. Sure. Uh, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Oh, yeah. Right as rain.